0: The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. 1
1: so Thessalonians chapter number 2. Look if you would at verse number 1. The scriptures say, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Look at that first phrase of verse number three. Let no man deceive you by any means. Now come down to verse 14. Excuse me, verse number 13 will be in our reading. Paul said, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto He called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle." Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our Father which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. The church at Thessalonica was a very unique church. It appears from the book of Acts chapter 17 that the apostle Paul ministered to these folks only on 3 Sabbath days. And yet, in that short amount of time, he had evidently taught them all the great truths of the Word of God. You study 1 Thessalonians, you study 2 Thessalonians. All of the great truths of God's Word are presented to us in those two books. But it also appears that there was one subject in particular they really struggled with. And that was the second coming of the Lord. And you can understand perhaps their, their, their difficulty because they were living in a very wicked, ungodly time in a very wicked, ungodly place. And the church was suffering great persecution. And from time to time, they would begin to wonder, are we actually in the tribulation period? You remember back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, Paul had written in that first letter and admonished them, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. And then he went on to develop that truth about his second, uh, the Lord's second coming. Here in our text this morning, you notice again in verse number 1, where he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Two things that he said I I want to try to help you and I want you to get a grip on, and that is, first of all, that he is coming, and second of all, that we are going. But this morning, I, I want you to understand, it's not my purpose in these moments that we have together to deal with all the implications about the rapture or having to do with the tribulation or anything of that nature. But what I want us to do is I want us to focus our attention... Upon the encouragement that the Apostle Paul gave to these people in the midst of all that they were enduring. And perhaps God can use that this morning in our lives to encourage us in the midst of a very difficult time. Would you notice first of all, in verse 2 and verse number 3, he admonished them not to be shaken in mind or to be troubled. Now in verse number 1 again, he is addressing the brethren. Now we beseech you brethren. So it's obviously addressing those folks who were saved, those folks who were part of the church there at Thessalonica. And there was two things that he mentioned to them. First of all, don't be shaken mind. That speaks of something that sudden had, uh, had suddenly happened that had disturbed their world. He mentions in verse number two in the latter part of the verse that there was a letter that had been circulating. And evidently this letter was written in the name of the Apostle Paul, but he was not the one that had written the letter. He was not the one that had said. That happens sometimes. Today, we would call that social media. I hate to say this this morning, but I I trust you are aware of the fact that not everything that shows up on social media is true. Now, that may rock some of your worlds, but it's not all true. And in that day, even these letters that were sent around that were attributed to the Apostle Paul were not really from him, but it caused the people to be shaken in mind. There was this sudden trauma that they were experiencing. Then he also talks about not being troubled. Being troubled speaks of something that's more over a long period of time. He talks about in verse number two, neither by spirit. He's talking about false revelations that some so-called prophets were giving out. He also talks about in word. Again, it's that same crowd and the false prophecies they were presenting. Paul said, don't be troubled by these things in the long run. Don't be shaken in the moment. Can I just encourage you this morning? In verse number three, again, Paul admonished them, let no man deceive you. And I'd say the same thing to you this morning. Let no man deceive you. Don't, don't be troubled and shaken in mind when you hear the wild claims of today that sometimes show up on social media or just get rumored around. You know, things like they found the, the homosexual gene that determines the fact that it, 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 it's, a, it's a result of your birth and nothing that can be done about it. And All of a sudden we're just shaken in mind because we think, oh, that can't be true. And it's not. Don't be shaken in mind when you Hear about uh, uh, perhaps that, that they have found the missing link and that now all of a sudden there's proof that evolution is true and they've, they've shown. And it goes all over the place, but when it's all said and done, it turns out to be false. Don't be shaken in mind by someone coming along and saying all that the founding fathers were racist, racist atheists and uh, they, they built our country on hate and on uh, that sort of thing. Don't, don't be shaken in mind by those things that just pop up from time to time. By the way, don't be troubled by ongoing conditions, the seeming prosperity of false religions, the seeming acceptance of those that are preaching a gospel that's contrary to what the Word of God is, and it seems that their their, their ministries are growing and big and thousands. You know the Bible said that in the last days that, that many would follow their pernicious ways. It ought not to surprise us. It ought not to trouble us as things go on. You ever read the seventy third Psalm? If you have not, you should. The 73rd Psalm, the psalmist talks out, starts out by saying, Surely God is good to to Israel and to all those of, of a clean heart and so forth. And he's just simply saying, Boy, God is good to everybody. But then he says, As for me. And he begins to talk about what was going on in his life. And he was greatly troubled when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. He was troubled. As a result of a long-standing thing. And he, he thought, well, how come God isn't judging those people? And why is God letting this happen? Why doesn't God do something about this? All the way in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul was still admonishing us. Don't be shaken in mind. Don't be troubled. Don't let some sudden thing come along that disturbs you. Don't let some long-range thing comes along that troubles you. But rather, he goes on to admonish us later in, this, in the chapter, verse 13 and verse 14, that we ought to be thankful. Don't be troubled, don't be shaken in mind, but be thankful. First of all, in verse 13, he reminds us that we ought to be thankful for our salvation. Now, in verse number 12, he had talked about those who believed not the truth. And he made the comment, they're going to be damned. They're going to be condemned. They're going to be separated from God. But in verse 13, he said, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord. Paul said, don't be shaken in mind but be in or troubled, but be thankful for your salvation. You know, we're saved today not just because God loves us. The Bible teaches us that, that God so loved the world. But we're saved today because from the very beginning, He has chosen to save those who under the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God and the belief of the truth have become His child. And that's how anyone is saved today by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that teaches us we are sinners. Do You remember that Jesus, when He was talking about when the Comforter has come, He said He's going to reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And then when He went back to qualify those phrases, He said this, of sin because they believe not on Me. If we were to do a survey this morning around the congregation, and say, what do you think is the greatest sin that man can be capable of? I suppose there would be a lot of things that would pop into our mind. Man's inhumanity to man, man's mistreatment of children. So many things that come into our mind. The greatest crime that man can be guilty of. And yet you realize that the, the crime that the Holy Spirit of God convicts us of is the greatest crime of the ages, and that is unbelief. Unbelief. But God in His graciousness sent the Holy Spirit in the world to convict us of sin. And remind us that we were a sinner. He sanctified us. He, he sanctified us through the through the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God began to set us apart and convict us and draw us to himself. And when we believed the truth, we became a child of God. You ought to be thankful this morning for your salvation. I was sitting in my office this morning, thinking back, August eleventh, nineteen hundred sixty nine. You believe that? I was an eighteen year old boy. I'd been out of church, in and out of church most of my life. My, my parents did not go regularly, but I had a sister that would take me, and I was in and out. But I sat in church on a Sunday, and the Spirit of God began to prick my heart and convince me of my soul that I was lost, and if I died at that very moment, I'd go to hell. And I did not go forward that day. I went back to my home. I went to school on Monday. And then all day, God dealt with my heart. And that evening... There in that little house on Range Line Road, in, outside of Brownsburg, Indiana, in that little old bedroom on the back side, where it was my bedroom, somewhere along in the evening, about seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, I slid out of that bed, got on my knees with the Bible in front of me, and I just cried out to God and said, "God, I'm a sinner. If I died like I am right now, I know I'd go to hell. But I'm right now. I'm putting my trust in You to save me." And I want you to know that little bedroom became a cathedral, a place of worship and celebration. It's God by His grace saved my soul. And I'm glad now all the years later to know that I'm a child of God. That's something to be thankful for. There may be a lot of things out there to to shake us in mind. There may be a lot of things out there to trouble us. But above all else this morning, you ought to be thankful if you're a child of God. But here's something else. Not only should we be thankful for our salvation, but we should also be thankful for our standing in Christ. Look at verse 14. He said, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. As a child of God, we have been called to obtain the glory of Jesus Christ. Now, folks, that's security. We don't have time today to walk through the Bible and talk about all that we have in Christ. Uh, the book of Ephesians teaches us that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Do you understand that in the mind of God, in the eternal mind of an eternal God, that when you are a child of God, as far as He's concerned, you're already there. You're already seated there. That's security. The Bible says that no man can pluck us out of His hands. That's security. And thank the Lord this morning for the truth that we have obtained the glory of our... The Bible teaches us that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And the glory, not that we become gods, but we share in that inheritance and we share in that glory that will be His. Because we are His child. That's something to be thankful for. That's something to praise the Lord for. Don't be shaken in mind or be troubled. rather be thankful. Let me give you something else to think about. In verse number 15, He us that we ought to stand fast. Not only should we not be shaken in mind or be troubled and be thankful, but we also should stand fast. Look at verse 15. He said, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Therefore, reminds us it's based upon what we've been taught up to this point. What we've been taught about false teachers, about the second coming and about the wonderful salvation they have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, stand fast. To stand fast means to not move away from the truth of the gospel. Stand guard like a sentry on the wall. We must not be moved by the wiles of Satan or the praises of men. We need to stand where the gospel has taught us to stand. History records for us that when Warston crossed the Delaware during the Revolutionary War, the Battle of Trenton took place. And we know it was a great victory for the Continental Army and it was really the, the, the beginning of the, of the, uh, the, the victory that, that the, the colonies experienced in that conflict. But it was accomplished because the Hessian troops did not take serious the threat of the American attack. They didn't think there was any way that they could cross the Delaware. They didn't think there was any way that they could get to them. And so they really didn't post any guards. They weren't expecting an attack. They never imagined it could happen. And as a result, the colonials were able to surprise them and to defeat them, even though there were overwhelming numbers that were against them, they won the battle that night. Why? Because they did not stand fast. Can I just remind you that in light of all of, that we have that makes us a child of God and gives us that strength and gives us that power and gives us what we need, sometimes you and I are overwhelmed because we don't stand fast. We don't stand fast. I want to ask you to take your, uh, just a moment and direct your attention there in that 15th verse when he talks about the traditions which have been taught. Some might read that and become concerned and thinking, well, is is the Apostle Paul saying that the traditions of men, uh, that's what we ought to be adhering to? Well, let me give you something that Warren Wiersbe said about that. Wiersbe said when Paul used the word traditions, he was not referring to man-made religious ideas that are based on the Word of God, that are not based on the Word of God, excuse me, Our Lord rejected man's religious traditions in Mark chapter 7. Paul warned against them in Colossians chapter 2. It is sad today to see religious people argue over man's traditions and at the same time reject the simple truth of the Word of God. The word tradition simply means that which is handed down from one person to another. The truth of the gospel began as an oral message proclaimed by Christ and the Apostles. But later, this truth was written down by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and it became Holy Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 2 Peter chapter 2. God's truth was not invented by men. It was handed down from God to men. And each generation of believers had guarded this truth and passed it on to others. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 2. So again, you understand that when we stand fast, And it talks about the tradition. It's not simply talking about what men have always done. It's talking about the truth that God has given to us. And so here again, don't be shaken in mind or troubled, regardless of what's going on around us. Be thankful. Be thankful that you're saved. Be thankful for the security that you have in Christ, for the glory that you have in Christ. And stand fast. Then I give you one other thing. Look at verse 16 in the first part of verse 17. He admonishes us to be comforted. He says in verse 16, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts. These verses are a prayer of Paul for this church. He wanted them to be comforted by the fact that Jesus was their Lord and God was their Father. And by the fact that their consolation is an everlasting consolation and that their hope is through grace with God this morning you and I might take that same admonition I trust this morning that each one of you sitting in this room can honestly say from the depths of your heart that Jesus is your Lord and that God is your father and when that's true we have that everlasting consolation, regardless of what's going on around us you know sometimes as a child of God we just need to take a moment And just evaluate what it is that God has done for us. And remind ourselves who we are because of Christ. My value is not because I'm a preacher. My value is not because I'm whoever I might be. But my value is because I'm a child of God. I belong to Him. He's my Lord. He's my God. He's my Father. I'm very thankful for the human heritage that I have. I've talked about this before. My grandfather on my mother's side was a circuit-riding preacher through the hills of, of uh, southeastern Kentucky for more than 50 years. In the early days of his ministry, he literally rode horseback from church to church and preached the gospel. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my father, who was a godly man, loved the Lord, served him faithfully. I'm thankful for what the Lord has given to me. But you understand, some of you do not share that. I, I realize that. Some of you are not to share that kind of heritage. You can't sit and think back and, and, and rejoice in the heritage because it was not a godly heritage. But you do understand this morning, please, that that's not really the point. The point is that we have a godly heritage. We have a Savior who is our Lord, and we have a, fa- a God who is our Father. And we can take great comfort in knowing that what we have is an everlasting consolation. Because of who he is. And then I give you this. In verse number 17, he says, Not only comfort your hearts, but watch this last phrase. And establish you in every good word and work. We need to be established. First of all, he says, in word. That's what we believe. We should make sure that what we believe is according, thus saith the Lord. All of our convictions, all of our standards should have their foundation in the Bible, God's Word. I, uh, years ago, back in the early part of the last century, and it makes you sound like you're ancient when you can say the last century, but in the earlier part of the last century, among some of the churches down through the, the, the southeastern part of, of Kentucky and those, that part of the world, it was considered to be very important that ladies would wear their hair long and straight. Well, there started to be a fashion that developed where ladies were taking their hair and rolling it up and putting what we would call a bun, but what they called at that time a top knot. Well, there was a preacher in the area that did not like that. He did not approve of it at all. And he preached one Sunday to his church from the book of Matthew chapter 24. If you have your Bibles, I want you to see this very important portion of Scripture. In Matthew chapter 24, verse number 17 The Lord Jesus is giving it admonition to the disciples about the last days and what's going to be going on. And he says in verse 17, let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. He took verse 17 and he came up with this phrase right in the middle of it. Top not come down. And that was his text to admonish the women to top not come down. Well, that's not exactly rightly dividing the word of truth, is it? And let's be honest, sometimes we come up with some things just about as out in left field. But we need to ask God to give us the grace to be established in word, to rightly divide the word of truth and then make it the standard by which we live our lives every day. Then he also talked about not only in word, but he talked about in work what we do, not only what we believe, but what we do. Sometimes we forget that Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10 follows Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But verse number 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. There is not uh, only the believe, there is also the do. There's not only the in word, there's also in work that ought to be true in our lives. We need to ask God today to help us to not only believe what's right, but to walk in accordance to what we say that we believe. Paul said, don't be shaken in mind or be troubled. Yeah, there's things going on. There's things that just suddenly come up Someone comes up with some wild idea. And then there are those things that are just long-standing where we're constantly looking around and seeing the things of the world and the way Paul said, don't be shaken or troubled by those things, but be thankful. Be thankful for your salvation. Be thankful for your standing for what God has done in your life. And by the way, don't only, not only should you be thankful, but also stand fast and be comforted and be established in word and in work. And when that's true in our lives, it'll help us that we won't get off track. But we'll stay right where God wants us to be. And in the midst of all that goes on around us, of all the heresy that's taught, with all the weirdness that's going on in the world, in the midst of it all, we can know the peace of God that passes understanding.
0: You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.